You say teenager, I say toddler. Two longtime friends in different seasons of parenting process the past while dealing with the craziness of today. Enjoy! Welcome back, everybody, to You Say Teenager, I Say Toddler. Teenager, toddler, teenager, toddler. And in case you didn't hear it, his chant is evolving. Like like I am, as a man. I'm just going to own it right now and tell you that we had started a quote-unquote recording this episode, only to find out that we were not actually recording it. That's so much fun, say no one ever. Yeah, I just love it whenever I have to redo things. It's such a good use of my time. (laughs) So here we go again. We're going to do a quick check-in. Maybe this time it won't be so rambly since we already had our dress rehearsal. And then today... Oh, okay. Oh, I'm so sorry to interject, but we had a listener who does not like my cheerleading chant. And the big thing, a friend that we may or may not have gone to high school with, we'll be listening. So we want our listeners feedback. Teenagertoddler at gmail.com. Should Kurt continue with the cheerleading chant in the beginning or should Kurt stop? I really don't care what you think, but please email in. <laughs> you know what else? We should create a survey on our Instagram page. So everyone, we have created our Instagram page. We would love it if you would come follow us. It would be super helpful at Teenager Toddler. Yes, at Teenager Toddler. Come on in. On Instagram. Okay. So, and then rate and review our podcast. It really helps us out. It helps other people find the podcast. It'll help us gain some traction since we're new to the podcasting world. At any rate, quick check-in. I had a really fucking annoying morning. Oh. And Kurt sounds completely unenthusiastic about hearing about it. You want to know why? Because this will be the fucking third time he's heard about <laughs> my shitty-ass morning. No, but it evolves. I, lo- I, I learn more each time. <laughs> Come on, bring it on, baby. Bring okay. it on. I get my ass out of bed this morning, even though I don't want to. I'm <laughs> having a ass- lot of trouble. What'd you say? What are you saying about my ass now? No, I just, the way that it, I, sometimes the way we say things, no, just P, our English language, like, uh, you know, you got your ass out of bed. I mean, does your ass usually stay in bed and you <laughs> go without it? <laughs> so, okay, I'm going to move on. I'm going to stop playing the middle school boy part. Okay. I get my ass out of bed. Mm-hmm. And I help my husband with my child, even though it's not my morning to do that. That is another conversation for another time that I would like to bitch about for a while, if y'all will listen. And then I go for a run, even though I don't want to. wasn't going to be a long run, but at the end of the run, I do a sprint, and I'm kind of tired and a little discombobulated, and I fucking drop my phone, and I don't have a screen protector on it. What? You did a sprint? Shut the hell up. Yes. Generally, I sprint at the end of my jog. No, that sucks about your phone. I'm sorry. I was so annoyed because I usually have a screen protector, but the screen protector that I used to have cracked, so I took it off. So I had no screen protector. And it, yeah, just fell it just the right way because I have one of those those covers too that covers the whole thing um, at any rate. It fell just the right way and it cracked open and I was so pissed. And then I looked down at my phone and five seconds later, my husband texts me. He's still in the house after dropping off our kid. He texts me and he's like, I don't feel good. I'm calling into work. <laughs> like men do because men act like they're dying if they have the slightest tummy ache or anything going on with them. So apparently his tummy hurts and he can't wait to do. And I was so fucking annoyed because I thought I had a day to myself with no child and no husband to get as much work done as possible. And now I have to deal with my husband lurking around the house making noise, watching TV, and just in general annoying the shit out of me. And I was like not happy about it at all. And I was being a little bitch. I'm not going (laughs) to lie about the fact that he was ill. Aw, poor hubby. Hope he's okay. Whatever. He's fine. He is fine. You guys have been, he's been off the last few days. This is like day three together. Listen, it is not good for your marriage to spend too much time with your husband. Just <laughs> if you want your marriage to last, you need to let absence make the heart grow fonder. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Or maybe just not even have a husband to make it more fun. There's that too. You know, I try to tell my single friends who are sad about not having a husband. I'm like, look, you may have just dodged the biggest bullet known to me. God. I know. Isn't that so shitty? I shouldn't talk like that. I love my husband. He's a good husband and we have a good marriage. We'll talk about that some other time, but I love talking shit about my husband and about my kid. As I've mentioned in the past, that's pretty much what my stand-up comedy is. It's just complaining about being married and being a mom. I haven't been able to come up with any other material. This just provides (laughs) enough material for a lifetime. (laughs) We'll we'll try to um, remember to post a link to a stand-up routine for you guys. We got to share this. Yeah. Anyways, so uh, the phone is in the shop being fixed, and that was um, not a fun way to start the day. So I had to really, really focus to course correct. How about you? What's going on with you? I like that course correction. Tell me in 10 words or less. Go. Oh. I'm not prepared for that. No, no, I'm doing pretty good. Um, I had a good morning, productive, got up, got some things going. I, I a struggle for Kurt that may just be in a, just a part of me is time management. You know, I'm self-employed and I wear many hats of different things that I do. And I have this amazing creative hat on again. And it's just really not going down rabbit holes and taking care of my team and time management. So I was like making a list this morning and I'm like, you wowzas. And um, I need to take like smaller bites of that list, I think. But um, I'm in a good space. And it's going to be an amazing, badass day. I mean, any day we start off together, the talking is great. I love this. We should do it every day. Yeah, let's do it every day. (laughs) No. Anyway. um, Remember what I was saying about how it's not good for your marriage to spend two uh, days in a row together? Touche. Touche. You know, in our friendship, I know we've annoyed at some period, when I'm sure we've annoyed the shit out of each other. Mm -hmm. Um. It's very forgiving. It's not like, oh, I don't want to talk to her. Well, Kurt, this is a whole thing for itself. But Kurt went to this phase where he just didn't talk to Leanne for like months because... It was years, by the way. I'm going to cry. No, it was at least like a year and a half. Fuck me. No. no. It was- <gasps> because Leanne texted me something and I just decided to take it a certain way. And she didn't even mean to buy it. You know what? In all fairness, I was in the middle of like... Monty Dearest Hell, and I don't know. Um, I don't think that was it. No, that, <laughs> you're not letting me off on this one. We're going to unpack that another day. But yeah, we went through a period. So this was before I got married. I was teaching. Fuck. Well, we were in different phases of our lives. So I'm just going to chalk it up to that. And I was wrong, and I'm sorry. But we'll talk about that later. Anyway, I'm going, we're just like, I'm going down a rabbit hole in my check in. But um, I love how we just really. We're like two peas in a pod, Leanne and Kurt. So yes, and Babs was up early this morning. She got up at 11. <laughs> yeah. And she was actually in a good mood, you know? I know you talked to her a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. We were at a meeting. And yeah, she was in a really good mood. But anyway, yeah, when school starts, there is going to be a change. Because even though it's distance learning, she has about a month. Yeah, back when this whole ker- kerfluffle happened, clusterfuck, whatever, she would like roll out of bed and like grab her laptop. And I would, I realized, Kurt, what are you doing? I'm like making her, pro- bringing her coffee, making her protein shake, bringing her her digestion shot. I'm like, wait a minute. And my a friend called me out. She goes, you do all this? What, what's going on? And I'm like, can even think about it. So yeah, homegirl is going to be getting up and she's going to be having some breakfast and there she's going to be working at a desk. I start doing that. Did your mom do that for you? No, my mom didn't do that for me at all. Nothing. You know, I was one of four children. We were like fighting over at breakfast table, eating lucky charms in the morning, you know? No, no, listen. Okay, back up. Mom, I love you. No, it's not that my mom fed us sugary cereal all the time. This was the 80s. We had like on the weekends and some mornings like breakfast cooked for us. But like, you know, it was like Lucky Charms, put a Pop-Tart in the toaster. Or my favorite, we would, remember when we used to like microwave in plastic? And there are these sausage biscuits from Sam's. And they would like, we would put them in the microwave and they would like shrink tight to the food and you have to cut your food out of it. 
God knows how many carcinogens the 80s into our bodies. The carcinogens of the 80s. So anyway, I digress. But no, my mother was not waiting on me and I'm not waiting on Babs anymore. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I'll believe it when I see it. Well, because we thought we have our vegan protein shakes in the morning and it's like, I might as well make two if I'm making one. Do you sound, I mean, like, do you have any idea how frou-frou you sound when you say things like that? Frou-frou? Well, yeah. Snowflake. You're a frou-frou snowflake. (laughs) Or whatever they call people these days. Snow all over you. (laughs) Okay. That's Kurt's check-in, so. Okay. So this is what we're going to talk about today. We're going to kind of talk a little bit more about our spirituality, our spiritual paths, and how we got to where we are today. It may not all happen in one episode. That doesn't matter at the moment. But we had some listener feedback, actually, someone that really appreciated the spiritual aspects of the stories that we've already told and wanted to hear more about our spiritual journeys. Uh, Since it's a feedback listener, that was awesome. Yes. We appreciate any feedback that comes from a listener. You know what? We should start reading our reviews out loud on the podcast. That would be amazing. And no one ever. What? (laughs) Okay, we'll cut that in post. So we're going to do that. We're going to talk a little bit about our early childhood and then where we were at when we met in the high school time of our life Um, and then how it evolved from there. And it's honestly... Something I'm still figuring out, like how I'm going to deal with it with my own kid. It's such Ooh. a big topic and it's so personal uh, that it's, it's, it's such a really big thing to tackle when it comes to parenting at any rate. So really side note, I just thought of this. Okay. okay. Little man is two and a half or two, two and a half, two and a half, in, two and a half. in like two weeks. So I guess probably not then, but probably my early, well, I'd be like at three or four, like I was kneeling down at night by my bed and saying, you know, now lay me down to sleep and, you know, the occasional Lord's Prayer in there. At that yeah, point. I mean, my, my memory started really early, so I will dive into that because Kurt has been the lamb to the slaughter for sharing personal information thus far. <laughs> so I'm going to, uh, I'll start this time. I'll start us off. Okay. I was born. in 1979. No. Okay. So I was born in Fort Worth, right? And at the time my parents were still together. They got divorced when I was about four. I have very early memories of going to church, like around, I was, I guess I was about three years old. I can remember going to church regularly. That's just what we did every Sunday. I can remember we had this little plastic box with like scriptures, little little strips of scripture. And as a family, we would sit down and pray at night. I can remember doing that. Oh, wow. Like dad would read a scripture and then we would pray together. And I just remember like, yeah, we're Christians or whatever. And we go to church. I went to Sunday school when we went to church and I had all my little Sunday school friends and we would put on our Sunday best and the whole nine yards, right? And my dad has some kind of, pastoral certification or something. I know he's ordained. He, he's married a number of couples over the years. I don't really know what his like academic qualifications are. That's kind of rude of me. I should know that better. Sorry, dad. But I do remember that he taught a Sunday school class for a very long time when I was growing up. I think he probably didn't start it till after my parents were divorced, but at his church, he taught, you know, the adult Sunday school class and he was very beloved and popular. I didn't know this about your dad at all. Wow. Mm -hmm. And he still pastors, actually. He does right now. Oh, so he gives sermons and all that? Mm -hmm. I don't know what's happening in the middle of COVID, but like he had a small, a very small church that he pastored for a bit. And then I think right now what he's been doing is pastoring in a nursing home. Um, You're you're so funny. You're like, oh, and I kind of like tune it out when he's talking about this. I obviously don't know exactly what my dad's doing. (laughs) <laughs> he can kind of be annoying with the Christianese speak sometimes, if I'm being completely honest. Oh, does he, um, um, oh my God, what's the term? Prophesy? Wait, prof- what's the word? Proselytize or whatever it's called. Proselytize, yeah. I need to go look that word up again. I can't say yes or no because I need to be sure that I understand the... <laughs> Let's look it up really, really quick. Okay. Is, you don't need a dictionary anymore. You know, somebody has a big vocabulary and a little 
Google Dictionary. Ah, uh, okay. Speaking of my back in the day when we had the world encyclopedias at home, and we had it came with it the big dictionary. But it says like, so my dad would call it the big dick. He's like, go look at it. So that was like a, when you said that, it reminded me. Got on dub. Okay, proselytize, convert or attempt to convert someone from religion, belief, or opinion to another. Yes, right. he does do some of that. Sweetness. And I just steer him away from the conversation. Okay. So anyways, I was four years old when my parents got divorced and my mom, we moved away down to Brownsville where she could get a teaching job, which was about a 12-hour drive from any friends or family, any life I that we had known. Far. I'm so sorry to interrupt. That's far. It is far. It was tough. It was tough on, on all of us to completely start over not knowing anybody. But we did, and it was in the Valley, a very large Hispanic community. But my mom at first was taking us to church weekly. And I honestly don't know how long that went, maybe a year before she was like, um, fuck this. I don't want to go to church anymore. She was tired of being judged for having gotten a divorce and trying to raise her kids on her own and things like that. And I just kind of think that she'd gotten to this place where she wanted to figure out her own spiritual walk instead of the church telling her what to do or how to be. And she probably needed more downtime being a single mom of three. Like she needed those Sunday mornings probably. So we stopped going to church, which I think was actually kind of hard. I didn't think it was hard on me to not have that routine and that um, social time. Anyhow, so for a long time, we didn't go to church. And for some reason, that really made an impression on me. Then in junior high, I had a friend that went to this Presbyterian church that they were very involved in. And so she would, since we spent the night together a lot, I would go to church with them. And I started going even at times whenever we didn't spend the night. Her parents would pick me up. Or my mom, I would beg her for a ride. And so sometimes she would drop me off at church. It was a nice social time for me. At any rate, yeah. So that was kind of like the church history. And I guess I just always was like, well, yeah, I'm a Christian. Yeah, I'm a Christian. I believe in Jesus. And I sing the prayers and stuff. Oh, and I did want to say this. So we always went to, we were Baptist. The churches that we went to, from what I remember, they were just like filled with lights all of the colors, like how it was painted and everything was light. They had stained glass windows, a lot of times that really cheesy, yucky stained glass, but it was, you know, bright colors. And so the, the, the sunshine, I remember sunshine rays coming through the windows into the chapel. Well, being down in Brownsville, like I said, it's a predominantly Latino community. So most of the people down there were Catholic. And if we ever went with like a family friend or, or if I went with someone from school to a Catholic church, I have to tell you, it scared the blessed shit out of me. And I didn't understand why Catholics didn't like pee their pants every time they went to church. It was so dark and dreary in any Catholic church that I stepped foot in. I remember the music being like all with the organ instead of what I was used to with the hymnals, you know, yes, we will now with the piano and water to drink and get baptized. Yeah, something like that. I don't know that hymn. But um, the music was just so, like such, I w- it sounded like everyone was going to go home and, and like take a nap instead of, I don't, I don't know. It was just not a joyful place to be, so I didn't understand. And then the visuals, all the visuals of like a bloody Jesus everywhere on the crucifix really creeped me out. Oh, yeah. There were crosses in the Baptist church, but we don't display crucifixes. I mean, and who's to say what it should be? What All I remember is that the Catholic church scared the absolute fucking shit out of me. And <laughs> it took a very long time for me to be okay with being in a Catholic church, like well into adulthood and visiting Europe before I got comfortable in Catholic church. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, so there's that. And then... It was back to not like really going to church for a long time. And then in high school, as we talked about, um, I don't know we, if we've aired the episode by this point or not, but we did talk about how like I had a friend that kept inviting me to the Baptist church there in that little town where we lived. And I ended up going and I was like, well, you know, so-and-so who I had a crush on goes to church, so I might as well. And it was, you know, an opportunity for socialization and stuff like that. And then, but something took hold and I got... Was it the devil? <laughs> <laughs> I know if there was a hell, I'd be there in a handbasket. You know, 
No, it was not the devil. Uh, it was the Holy Spirit. Uh, the Holy Spirit got a hold of me, and I got like super on fire for Christ. Oh, I remember that. So, anyways, the Holy Ghost got a hold of me, <laughs> and I became on fire for Christ those last few years of high school, and it kind of spilled over a bit into college before things. Before I started learning some other things, and was like, um, maybe, maybe I'm not a Christian. Mm-hmm. But about this time, I mean, so. About the time that I was getting like super on fire for Christ in high school was about the time that you and I were becoming good friends in high yeah, school. Right. So catch us up on where you were at whenever we started okay. being friends. Oh, oh, catch up from there, not the beginning. Yeah, tell there us. We well, no, tell us about your childhood and then we'll kind of like go through the journey together because we, we have never been on the same fucking page, it seems like, ever spiritually. Oh, we, well, well a little bullet. Okay, well, we'll get to that. But no, yeah. So it's funny. I love hearing your 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 interpretation or your experience with the Catholic Church because I was raised Catholic. Um, as you mentioned in the previous, it was a small Polish Catholic community. So there were several churches in town, but it was predominantly Catholic. Ruled the day. Um, my mother was raised Southern Baptist, and she the term converted. To Catholicism so the family could all go to church together so we were all Catholic earliest memories of like going to church and it's so funny we call it uh the cry room where the kids where the kid where you where you sat and it was like a fishbowl the church was built like in the 70s so it was like 70s modernish and in the middle of the church there was this room enclosed in glass and it was pretty soundproof you're like in a fishbowl so like if you have children you're in the cry room and I remember like sitting in the cry room and then my grandma, she sat in the big church. So my little brother and I, we got to walk into the big church, and, like sit with my grandma. And that was like a big deal, you know, mm-hmm. until I decided to drink communion wine and my mom didn't like that because um, everyone else was drinking out of it. <laughs> That's another story in itself. Okay. Um, so yes, I also went to Catholic school. It was like a tradition that you just did if you were Catholic there. And catechism came first. Religion came first. It was first period. We went to mass once a week. We had rehearsal for mass once a week. And, you know, there were prayers um, morning, noon, and before leaving. So it's interesting. Yeah, like I didn't know any different. Uh, Yeah, I was raised in a somber church where everyone just, it's silence. You come in, you kneel, and you pray. And you think about how much you hate your life. No, just kidding. <laughs> God, I'm going to get it for this one. <laughs> um, it's just very solemn. It's like a museum. And everyone just kind of stares at each other. And, you know, um, not spiritual to me. Looking back now, it was, to me, this, this, my experience only, it was not spiritual. My spirituality was coming outside of church. You know, I was getting that outside of church. But, yeah, raised Catholic. Um, I went down the path with my Catholicism where I believed I had this Santa God thing going on. I believe that if I did what God wanted, I wouldn't be made fun of. I would have special favor. My life would be easier. So, and I think also in the back of my mind, this life was tough. So when I died, I wanted to have a better life in heaven. (laughs) God, it's heavy. So Anyway, this is just something I created in my mind. And so I followed the catechism. I dotted every I, crossed every T. Oh my God, I did this sin. Was this a mortal sin? That if you don't confess to a to another human, that you're going to go straight to hell? Or is this a venial sin, one or of lighter nature? That caused me so much fucking anxiety. I don't even want to begin. But um Yeah, so I really dove into this as a source of protection as I clung to it. Um, You know what's really cool? My mom, and I love this. Thank you, mom, if you're listening. I was a young, I remember exactly where I was in my living room. You know, when you remember certain specifics about things. And my mom said to me, she goes, you know what, Kurt? You're not religious. You're very spiritual. And I had no idea what that meant, but I was just kind of like, oh, okay. I mean, I was kind of like leaning up against the couch. She was standing in the dining room. I just remember exactly where we were. And now that just, she knew, you know, we went to church as a family, but then when I was in high school, like some Sundays, my family wouldn't go, but the Catholic church teaches that if you don't go to mass and listen, forgive me if they change the laws or the rules, I don't think so, but it is considered a mortal sin if you miss mass. 
And I was like, oh my God, I can't miss mass. I don't want to go to hell. So like before I could drive, my parents would drop us off if they didn't go. Or um, when I started driving, I would take my brother and I. We were also altar boys starting from second grade. We were altar boys. Um, and so you had to interact with priests. Yes. And I, uh, fortunately, I had no bad experiences of that nature. I was very blessed. Um, I didn't know anyone that did. So being an altar boy, you know, the Catholic Church is sort of the community. And, you know, I was made fun of and tormented. So I shouldn't say tormented. I tormented myself about being made fun of. But you're in front of the altar, in front of everybody. So you can imagine it's like Sunday. You're awkward. You're in middle school. You're in high school. You know, I'm lanky. I feel weird. I had big bushy hair. I had acne. You know, I would feel just so uh, exposed. And I knew exactly where the people that made fun of me were sitting. Because everybody like sat in the same place. If it was like a mass, we're like, oh, okay, cool. I'm more relaxed. And some masses, I'm like, oh my God, why are these people here? I, feel, I, I, I can just, you know, you create stories. Like, I know they're making fun of me the whole time. Ever watching every move, how I hold this book, how I grab this, how I walk. I was very aware of my, um, my movements. Were they too f- feminine? Um, you know, how did I act? Anyway, I don't want to go down this is whole other topic in itself. But yeah, I just, that was very stressful being an altar boy at some times. Some of it I kind of enjoyed. Did I say that? <laughs> so going, you know, so anyway, being an altar boy, that was that. But going to Catholic school, I remember the nuns, they're always like, ooh, they're marketing for Jesus. Like talking to the boys about being priests and the girls nuns. And I can remember from a very young age, some of my friends, they were like, yeah, I want to be a priest. And of course these people are not priests now or nuns. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I should remind some of them about saying this, but I knew always, I was like, hell no, I don't want to be a priest, but this is what scared me. One of the sisters, nuns told me or told us that, yes, if God calls you to be a priest or a nun and you decide not to answer the call, you won't have special favor in your life. Basically kind of like your life's going to be fucked up if you don't, you know, if you miss the call. So I would pray. I'd be like, please don't call me to be a priest. I don't want to be a priest. So um, when I met Leanne, I was very Catholic. I was. <laughs> you weren't just Catholic. You were very Catholic. I was very Catholic because in our, you know, in our small town, we had people that were, you know, drinking a lot, having sex, doing all these things. But me, it was like, I cannot drink because that is a mortal sin, or I thought it was. Um, I can't masturbate. I can't have sex. I can't have impure thoughts because impure thoughts are a sin too. Wow. What did I do? So, um, you know, I was a goody good boy and I just did my thing. And then I meet Leanne and it's like, Oh, I'll, and I, the first time I actually went over to your house, it was a lot of, it was like a your church youth group pretty much. Mm-hmm. And I think I even occasionally went to some church things that you got, I think very occasionally, not much, but Remember, we would kind of have Catholic Baptist wars. So those of us that were Catholic and those of you that were Protestant, it was like, why do you guys do this? This is wrong. And you know what's so funny? Looking back in class, I mean, people would get into screaming matches sometimes. And teachers would be like, okay, that's enough. Like, you know, the whole... Catholic, I don't remember that. Maybe in my class. Like, the whole... Pro- like, oh, God, you Catholics do this. And I was like... Because, you know, me, I was Mr. Catechism. I could, like, teach it. I could teach it today if I needed to. And it was like, uh, no, Catholics, we believe this because of this. And we were taught that we were the superior religion because, gee, and I'm going to get so much flack for this. Um, (laughs) We were taught because the church was started by Peter. Jesus told Peter, Peter, you are rock and I will build my church upon you. And Peter started the Catholic church. So, you know, the Catholics were the true religion, but it wasn't like, I think that kind of phased out more as I, you know, this is more old school because, you know, we were all kind of getting along. We'd have ecumenical services with the different churches, things like that. But anyway, I I don't want to digress too much. When I met you, yeah, I was Catholic. You were Baptist. Um, We, I think that was the only time we were on the same page. You were Christian. We were were both Christian, you know, Mm -hmm. we weren't going to drink. We weren't going to have sex. S-E-X. Um, yeah. 
or was it you that always would say, I'm going to pray about it? I don't think that was you. Probably. I don't know. (laughs) I still say that sometimes. I don't know. I need to pray on it. I feel like this is such a cop out. There's people in different areas of the country that I associate with. And like, I'll ask them, it may be a business question or something. And it's just like, I feel like it's a cop out sometimes. Like, oh, I'm just going to pray about it. I'm like, okay, you do that. No judgment. You do you. Um, (laughs) So, okay. So we've met up here, this intersection when we were both Christians. Mm -hmm. So Leanne, tell me when you fell. (laughs) fell When I became a fallen woman. When you became a scorned woman. Yeah. Uh, um, okay. I was in college and I was taking, I guess it was actually a fine arts class. And we were learning about symbolism. And I started learning about other religions and cultures. And I didn't realize how much crossover there is in terms of Bible stories, like the Adam and Eve story, like the virgin birth, like the flood that wiped out the world. These were not new to Christianity and they were found in other cultures and religions and uh, folklore before Christianity ever came about. Uh, I took also, I don't know what the timeline was. It doesn't really matter, matter, but I took a magic ritual and religion anthropology course as well, where I got to learn a lot about paganism and found out, you know, that Christmas didn't really happen the way that we are taught that it happened, you know, and like how the Catholic church, um, I think it was Pope Gregory II religiously displaced their Christmas holiday to compete with the pagan Yule rituals and celebrations. And, you know, basically they just kind of moved the calendar around to compete with other traditions. To overshadow the, uh, we call it the spring equinox, summer equinox and the winter solstice. Right. Um, So all of those things kind of coming together and it's been a long time since I've studied it. So I hope that I'm not butchering the history. I won't go into too much detail about that because that wasn't really the point of the podcast and I don't have it in front of me. But yeah, learning about those things, all of a sudden I, I was like, what? I just felt so lied to. I didn't understand. And I got to this place where I was like, I don't understand why the Christian church doesn't educate us on these things too and explain it and essentially get out ahead of it. And so in addition to that, because I have been going to all kinds of church things, I do remember going to a lecture, a free lecture that this guy was giving on campus about cults. And whenever he listed out the qualities that make up a cult, I was like, fuck. I mean, technically, I think um, from an academic standpoint, Christianity is not considered a cult. Um, Maybe different certain sects of it are, S-E-C-T-S. But it just, it didn't sit well with me at all, what I was learning. And so I kind of went off and was like, I'm going to explore other things and set down this whole Christian thing. And I'm tired of feeling guilty all the fucking time. And I'm tired of feeling not good enough all the time. Um, and Maybe that's not a fair statement. Maybe that's not really what I was thinking. I just remember being like, wow, there's this whole world out here that I don't know anything about. And I feel very lied to. And that started me down a different path of spiritual, of my spiritual walk. When did you start transitioning well- or whatever? I remember when we hit an intersection and I, you know, I kept going and you basically started going off another path. You had two things came to mind. We were talking. You're like, Kurt, I've got to tell you something. And you're like, don't be mad or something like that. But I've been drinking. And I was like, oh, oh my gosh, you are? And you're like, it's okay. Or I've been, you know, I'm like, okay. You know, I don't really remember how I felt about it. A little shocked and kind of like, oh, you're not part of the, you know, it's like, you're not in my club anymore. You know? Probably judgy. I don't really remember, to be fair. Then the other thing, I oh my God, I vividly remember these conversations. You like, like I t- I'm taking this world religion class and Kurt, we're being lied to. Like Orsis and the virgin, this virgin birth, or, Is- or maybe it's Isis and 
all the all the different symbolism and things this already happened thousands of years before and i can remember just kind of being like i didn't want to hear this i don't even remember what my reaction was but i was just like uh no this is the truth we have the truth you know don't question it uh, that's you know um don't question it and at this point i was like a senior i was probably going into college and where i started kind of veering on my own path is when one of my roommates bought like a buttload of like um liquor <laughs> we had like a bar in our kitchen and like i started like kind of experimenting with drinking and i would justify to myself like it's okay because i'm not getting drunk <laughs> it's not a sin but then each time i'd be like i'd be getting buzzed and um, you know and i'd like oh but i would justify it but there was this lingering guilt you know mm-hmm. also i um started to masturbate oh my god <laughs> Am I really going to say this? But yeah, you know, it needs to be said. I it, I need to speak my truth. I didn't start until college. Wow. That is some serious self-control, kid. Yeah. It got to be a point when it was just happening itself and it needed help. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I No, I'm being very personal because I had the literally the fear of God in me. Mm-hmm. And then when I started this, I would go to confession every single time after because I was taught that it was a mortal sin. Oh man, this is deep. <laughs> but yeah, so anyway, yeah, masturbation was starting. So first year of college is when you were kind of starting to branch out and be and starting to question these things yes. that you had. And then I remember I went through this phase. Well, yeah, actually when I was 18, my senior year in high school, my friends, one of my BFFs in high school, and I, we started smoking because it was legal and not a sin. Because, you know, ca- adult Catholics smoked, so it wasn't mm-hmm. a sin as long as you were legal. But we didn't inhale. We just would blow it in our mouths. You probably remember, remember the club called the Epicenter? Yes. With me. You were in college. It was pretty happening for College Station. It was called the Epicenter. You guys, oh my God. It was... um Oh my God, not trance, but what's the other dance? Why am I going blank this morning? Um, uh, techno. 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 When you walk in, there's the blue lights. But here's the thing. I don't know if you knew this at the time, Leanne, but I, me and my friends definitely didn't know that this was a dance designed for people on E. Because it's like, after a while, my friends and I are there, you know, we're not drinking, but you could smoke in clubs. We're smoking. But after a while, it's like, God, they're just playing the same like track over and over and over again, you know? And people are just like, um, you know, trip, tripping out, tripping out to this. Um, so, but it wasn't a sin to smoke. But then I became a big sinner. I started skipping mass. Oh and I started skipping masses. I was drinking more. And I can remember then my roommates would be, go- they were Catholic and, you know, they were, they were friends from high school, same town. And they were going to mass. I remember like, I'm not going. I'm not, I, I felt like so unworthy. Like I'm a sinner. And they were basically like, well, that's why you should go to church. It gets okay. And it's, man, I wish, I wish I didn't take it all so literal, you know, but I did. And I can remember there was a phase like, oh my God, God hates me. I'm a sinner and blah, blah, blah. So that's where I started branching out, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And then I, to LA a short time later. And when I moved to LA, I was still going to mass. Oh, you did. Mm-hmm. I was still going to mass. My roommates were like, where are you going? I'm like, Oh, I'm going to church. <laughs> and, but then like I was 21. So I guess I justified drinking. So that was covered. I wasn't having sex, but obviously we covered this in a previous episode. If it's dropped yet about like being a virgin and wanting to just finally have sex. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. That's where I kind of started really backing away from it. Maybe I kind of started realizing maybe this doesn't matter after all. But mm-hmm. there wasn't like it was anything in its place. I, I didn't get deep into my spiritual journey yet. I was just kind of like, you know, I prayed and I sort of participated in my religion at this point. So, okay. yeah. I think by the time I graduated from college... I probably also hadn't replaced it with anything. I just didn't want to be a Christian anymore. And I think 
I was able to make a distinction between God and Jesus. Because I remember a friend getting mad at me one time. He was like, well, you told me you don't believe in God. And I was like, I never said I don't believe in God. I said, I don't necessarily think that Jesus is the one and only Savior. I absolutely believe in God, but not necessarily that, you know, Jesus is the Son of God or, you know, God the Trinity. Anyhow, um, so by the time I left college, if I remember correctly, I did not want to follow Christianity anymore. I knew I wanted a spiritual walk, and that was important to me, but I guess I was moving in the realm of paganism. And kind of was moving towards the path of becoming a Wiccan. And my my fiancé wasn't really anything. So maybe if I'd had somebody who was more spiritual in my life, my spiritual journey would have moved along quicker or whatever. But it was just kind of this solo kind of reading some stuff and figuring some things out. But I was very much so drawn to paganism. I still am. And great goddess religions in, in general. So I don't know. I would say like we could pick up from there the next time we talk. Sure, sure. Because at that point we were both in LA. Yeah, but I do, I, you know, when you were talking, I realized that you were like a big sister to me in some ways. I felt like, I remember I would like follow your lead, even though you're just a little bit older than me. When you said, I remember I got this concept of, I don't believe in Jesus anymore from you. I, it, well, it helped me translate it. Like I believe in God, but I'm sort of like Jewish. I don't believe that. Well, I mean, I wasn't practicing Judaism, you know, but I believe that Jesus was a prophet or a man, but he wasn't the son of God. Like he wasn't divine. I believed in like God. And I remember having that same, you kind of gave me that idea. And I kind of remember going with that. And when we met up in LA, yeah, you were definitely, when we, our lives rejoined in LA, you were definitely like wicked at that time. Okay. I remember that. So, wow, this is some heavy stuff. That's interesting. I don't really remember necessarily having that conversation with you. And for me, it was also kind of like, it wasn't necessarily like, I believe in a Judeo-Christian God and separate that from Jesus. It was more of a, I believe in an entity, in one supreme spiritual being that is good and that created us and that essentially lords over us and that sort of thing. But I don't necessarily know what that looks like or what it is just yet. And I started exploring that through Wiccanism. But I didn't have a problem with the concept necessarily of one supreme being. I just had a problem with a Christian doctrine that told me that the only way to be saved or the only way to be good was through Jesus Christ. I had a problem with that. There was only one path. Right. Do you remember we had a major disagreement about when I was still fundamentally Christian? I think we even lived in LA and the topic of abortion came up. And I remember you got so mad at me because we were watching that show with Drew Barrymore and she was a single mom. Mm -hmm. I don't remember what movie this is, but Drew Barrymore is like a single mom riding in cars with boys maybe, or I don't remember what it was. I'm sorry if I'm, misrepresenting this, this what movie this is yeah drew barrymore was like a single mom we were talking and i was just like said something about abortion and i was like oh my god no like at that point like i really didn't agree with it but it's interesting like i evolved really quickly into seeing it because i had this whole like christian view of it but then i feel like i really saw the reality of it and a short time later i was forced i think what did it too is being forced with the dilemma myself Right. You know, understand why somebody would even contemplate it. Oh, yeah. And I had already, we had the really heated, like, you were mad at me and I was mad at you. And it wasn't like, oh, I'm not going to talk to each other, but it was just like, you know, we had a big disagreement and we were just annoyed with each other. But I remember the evolution happened and I was just being set up to be prepared for the decisions that were coming in. It was like, your daughter's coming into this life. Well, Babs is coming in to meet you as your daughter in this life. And here is the path that you need to take, <laughs> you know? Right. Um, all that happened for a reason. I, th- I think, about, you know, all that happened for a reason. But that's where, that's where, you know, we were in L.A. At least at the beginning of our journey in L.A., like that first year. Yeah. Um, and a lot has transpired since then. And it kind of seems like, yeah, we weren't really completely on the same path ever. 
You know, what's interesting is that we have been able to have a lot of spiritual conversations and not lose our friendship over it. When you think about the fact that we disagreed so fundamentally at different junctures in our relationship, that's actually kind of refreshing that we're still close friends and that we were able to jump over those hurdles. So it just goes to show you that it doesn't matter what other people believe. It doesn't mean that you can't love them and have them in your life. This is true. Anyhow, we might need to think through this a little bit more, but we'll, uh, we'll pick back up from there in part two of our spiritual, our spiritual journeys and then what it means for us as parents now and what we're thinking in terms of how you've already been raising Babs. And that's a tough conversation. Like that's a, a tough topic for me right now because I don't know what we're going to do. Like, I don't think I want my son raised in the church, which is, I never, you know, if you'd asked me this three years ago, I don't think I would have said that. If you'd mm-hmm. asked me when I was pregnant with him, I don't think I would have said that. So I'm at this place wow. and I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm at this place where I'm trying to figure it out. Yeah, I we definitely, I want to continue this in regards to parenting because I did a different path with Babs. And there were times when that Catholic guilt came in or that Christian guilt came in. It's like, oh my God, did I mess up? Mm-hmm. Because I had some people here or there mentioning things to me like, you're not giving her a foundation. She needs, you know, she needs to be baptized or she needs to be. And I really struggled, but obviously I was further along in my path to where I'm like, yeah, that doesn't really matter to me, you know? Right. Um, but yeah, yeah I just, I'll fuck up my child. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. I do want to talk about with parenting and yeah, seeing what your thoughts are and. Uh, Man, it's just, again, because it's just growing up, each of us in these conservative backgrounds, we know we don't want to do it that way when it comes to religion. But we, I mean, yeah, religion is just a such a word that I have issues with at this point. But spirituality is so refreshing. Right. And you know what's weird is like, yours was like, because your parents were together and it was a firm, we go to church every Sunday and we are Catholics and we identify as Christians, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I remember, well, so for me, it was very disjointed growing up because after my mom had kind of decided, like, I think I want to do the spiritual walk separate from, or not necessarily the way that the church tells me to. And then in the summer times we would go stay with my dad, you know, who was Sunday school teacher of this huge class. And, you know, our entire Sunday was all about church and him picking up the, he would drive the bus and pick up the elderly and bring them to church and teach the class. And he would, get all the coffee set up and the donuts. I mean, we would get there like two or three hours before church even started and do all this stuff and then go to big church and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It was a huge part of our summers. And so it was just, and then we'd go home and no more church every Sunday, you know? Dad all summer, pretty much. We would stay with, with our dad pretty much for the entire summer up through, I think about middle school is when that kind of started to change. And I had, um, I was able to kind of make my own decisions about how I wanted to spend my summer. And I wasn't necessarily spending my entire summer with him anymore. Once I became a teenager. Did you guys have any like holidays or any other time that you. Yeah. Like they traded off holidays. Mm -hmm. Like I think we, he got us like every other Christmas. Even with the 12 hour, 12 hour. Yeah. Because my mom's family was still up there around the area where my dad would live. So we would get in the car and drive 12 hours to go have Christmas with them. I can't even fathom because the drive to Colorado, the actual drive is 12 hours. I mean, it takes longer with potty breaks and restroom breaks and all that. Restroom breaks, <laughs> eating, <laughs> eating and like, yeah. Anyway, you know what I mean? But yeah, I just, it was wow. about two to three times a year. And every now and then they would meet in the middle in San Antonio and do a trade-off. I, usually the trade-off happened around for summer times. At Christmas, we drove all the way up there because my mom's family was there anyways, but yeah, lots of long drives. But, you know, I'm assuming that if we'd live closer to my dad, that in the decree, we probably, in the custody uh, agreement, we probably would have seen him every other weekend. But instead, I only saw my dad like twice a year. And granted, it was for a decent amount of time in the summer, but he was always working too. Yeah. So, and he lived with my, my grandmother, with my abuela. So we would live with my my grandparents whenever we were staying with my dad, which, you know, was good because we got to spend time with them, but it was very disjointed. It was this back and forth, like, Oh, because I can remember one time telling my dad, you know, is it okay if I stay home from church today? And he was like, absolutely not. 
if you don't come to church with us, you're going with your grandmother because she went to a different church. She was very, very heavily involved in her church. Oh, cute. And I was like, oh, well, okay. <laughs> I guess I guess I'll go with y'all if I have to go to church kind of thing. And and then I went home and it just wasn't a part of our lives anymore. And it was very, it was kind of confusing because it was like, well, is this important or not? And what do we, I mean, if you're a Christian, does that mean you have to go to church? If you don't go to church, are you no longer a Christian? It's really weird how it's so wrapped up in the practice of going to church, how Christianity is just so wrapped up in church when that wasn't even how it started. It was literally people just coming together in their living rooms and the church has become just such this huge pillar, this huge aspect of... It became legalized. It yeah. became it was just a political thing. Yeah, like you used to explain to me when phases when, which we'll get into, when you were a Christian and I wasn't, you went back. Just that like Christianity... You went back to the dark side. Back to the dark side. We would, we would both flip-flop that Christianity in its purest form is beautiful. Mm-hmm really telling me that see I listened to the certain things that you would say that like stuck with me you know mm-hmm. um but yeah that's so just me toying with your mind it's all part of the bigger plan my little lamb <laughs> yeah, I look forward to like getting into the parenting now that we've kind of laid the foundation not kind of now that we've laid the foundation just talk about parenting because I still kind of question that I go the right path in the back of my mind you know but I'm I'm grateful that Babs is like such a <laughs> You know, it's true. You kind of just wake up and you're like, oh my gosh, like she's really spiritual and she's listening to the laws of attraction, Abraham Hicks stuff. And she used to make fun of that like a year ago. And just, she has a, she has a spiritual practice. That's awesome. And I'm like really grateful. It's neat. So I just got to like kids, you just got to like feed them, water them and watch them grow, but do more too. But yeah. (laughs) Okay. Well, we're going to leave it at that for today and we'll pick up next time with the rest of how this all unfolded. And maybe at some point we'll get somebody else to join us and talk about it. Somebody with, you know, some actual credentials. (laughs) (laughs) What? All right. All right. Um, All right. Well, we just solved world peace. Yeah, I think we just solved world peace. Don't forget, if you have any feedback, comments, questions, complaints, teenagertoddler2020 at gmail.com. Follow us on the Instagram page at teenagertoddler. We'd love to hear from you guys. And of course, if you would kindly please rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your podcast, that would be a huge help in getting us more visible and helping other people find the podcast. We would really, really appreciate it. Okay, you guys. We'll talk soon. I love you. Love you too. Bye.